Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand-select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to one of our original episodes, episode number three, with Vector Canada's National Sales Manager, Angie McDougall. Angie is very simply one of the most respected leaders in the history of the Cutco Vector Marketing Sales Organization. She's a highly successful executive, a wife and mother of two children, and an accomplished triathlete who has completed events of the Ironman distance. In this short snippet, Angie recounts some defining moments from her life and career and shares the lessons contained in those moments of decision. This might be the best and most powerful Flashback Friday we've ever put together, and its release just so happens to coincide with Angie's 50th birthday. I know you'll learn so much from the wise words of this amazing role model, my longtime colleague and friend, Angie McDougall. Happy birthday, Angie. You have become literally one of the most prolific managers in the history of the company, one of the all-time top producers, one of the most consistent producers. Were there some experiences along the way that you feel were truly transformational in your career where you learned uh, really valuable lessons that you could share? Yeah. It's interesting how things um, fell together. And I, and I fell together sounds wrong because it sounds like it was luck and it's definitely not luck. But I'd say some of the big moments in the last 25 years, one was the first one was deciding that when I graduated with my university degree in business, that I made a decision to pursue being a district manager instead of pursuing something that was probably a bit safer. So, you know, where I lived, oil and gas is a pretty big part of the economy. And a lot of people I went to school with, that was the path is you got the business degree and you got a job in oil and gas. And that was to be an employee and to, you know, it, get something stable and guaranteed and, and follow that path. And I made the decision that I wanted to pursue the opportunity I was presented was to run a district office with Vector. And I remember sitting with my mom and explaining to her, this is what I want to do. And she's like, are you sure you don't want to get a, you know, work in one of the tall buildings downtown and, and don't, you, you don't want to do that. And I said, you know, I think I'll regret if I don't give this a shot, put me through school. I have no debt from graduating now after I started with Vector, you know, I was be able to pay for that. I really loved what I was doing. I was doing well. I liked the people. I was challenged and growing. And I was like, I seen other other people do well. And I was like, man, what if I look back and go, I could have been great. I got to at least know. So I think that was a big decision was I had to move out of the city, move somewhere. I didn't know, no guarantee in income, hundred percent commission and trust the support team, right. And the training and the program that we provide people that it was going to go well. So I'd say that was a big one. The second thing would be deciding not to quit after my first year as a district manager. So I remember very clearly opening up my office and my first summer went well. 
You know, I ended up upgrading my car at the end of the summer. I had an opportunity. I got promoted to move to a bigger city. At the end of this, my first summer, I promoted people. It was good. But I moved uh, an entire province over, 12-hour drive away to another city. And um, back to the city I actually started in, up, and you know, they knew I wanted eventually to be back where I started. And so I came back there. But with that moving, starting and stopping and building a team and then leaving the team and starting over, it really had a big impact on my business, the financial part of the business, my momentum. They say the greatest force in business can be momentum and also can be the thing that prevents us from moving forward. And so I was in a position where going into my second summer, I was really financially not in a good place, like really poor place financially, as in my roommate was paying my personal rent. And I just made a decision. I was kind of, I was at a fork in the road. Do I continue? Do I kind of just call it, hey, I gave it a shot. I just decided, okay, one more summer, I'm all in, I'm all in. And in August, I got to have, you know, X amount of dollars in my bank account and I got to feel like I'm moving forward. And if I can say that by the time I get to the end of August, I'm going to continue. And so I just said all in and I went all in. And four months later, I had 20 grand in my bank account at six management candidates to run an office. I had assistant managers and I wasn't even considering, you know, anything else. Yeah. That's awesome. And then I'd say that um, one other moment I think would be deciding to pursue having a family while staying in the business. I was quite fearful that this wasn't going to be a path for me, a career that I could coincide being a mom uh, at the same time, quite fearful. And I was because there was up to that point in time, there was always somebody that was ahead that I could look to in the business to go, oh, they're doing it that way. Someone's doing it this way, but there, there was always some path. And in this situation, there was no path. So there wasn't a female at an executive level or just at a level running the business as a manager that was married, had kids and was thriving. And for me, that was important. It wasn't just run the business and get by. It wasn't run the business and be great, but not be a great mom. It wasn't like I really wanted it all. And I remember arriving at a strategic leadership conference that we have annually. I was pretty excited because I was rooming with the only other executive level female in the business at that time at my level. And I got there, got to Miami. And then I found out she wasn't there uh, because she'd left the business to go have a family. And I was like, oh, so not awesome. And I remember that. And, and I'm one of the biggest fans of invest in yourself, personal growth seminars, do all that. And I remember having a decision to attend a Robin Sharma conference. It was called your awakening best self weekend. And I hands down would be like all in. And I remember going, I don't want to go because I know if I go, I'm going to do the work. And if I do the work, I'm really scared. The answer is going to be, you should quit your job that you can't have both. And I was really worried. And I was like, well, I should just, I know I should go do this. So I went, we did this exercise. I came away from it thinking, all right, what if just like when I ran, I'm like, what, what if it works? So. I approached to uh, my national sales manager at the time and general manager, Dave and Joe, and shared my concerns. And they were honest and supportive. And the honesty came from, we don't have an answer for you. We don't know the path, but we're going to support you in the path. And we're going to support you because it was, and it was very empowering because it was like, we're going to support you. We're going to figure it out together. 
And there's a side joke to this is that I actually, (laughs) I feel like I had more conversations with them than my husband about it. (laughs) You know, it was like, I would go to Warren later and go, so I talked to Joe and he's like, well, that's cool. But, uh, you're having the kids with me. And I'm like, yeah, well, (laughs) it's kind of funny, but, but at the end of the day, they said, this could be Angie, if this works for you, you could really be in a position to set an example for so many other women that there's no reason this can't work. And so we had our daughter that next year. And so Ward and I were, we both actually stayed home and, and uh, raised our daughter and then came back to the business in an entirely different way. You know, I had, I realized how I could improve in time management before I had kids. I always said I was good. And then I had kids and I was like, actually, wasn't that good. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, because as soon as kids came along, I was like, oh, I can't just like, yeah, do that whenever I want. Actually, I really need to like, actually do it now. And, and, you know, so it was a very interesting dynamic for me. I changed some of the hours that I did. I I worked a bit differently, but I think because of that, I also developed more leaders in the business as they really stepped up and, and uh, gave them more opportunity. And then as that evolved from that experience, we had our second child, we had our son and we continued to run the business at a really high level. I remember having our son. And I think that was pretty close to the year that very close to if it wasn't the year before or the year, yeah, the year right after that, we did a million dollars in the summer, which then was really big. And we did 2 million for the year. And there was a lot of moving parts, but I just remember feeling that I never wanted there to be an excuse as to why the business didn't thrive. I just wasn't about that. I didn't want someone later to say to me, well, when you had kids, this is what happened. And when you did this, and I said, no, it's, it's just not acceptable. And so I was really keen on making sure to do everything I could in my power and we can't control everything, but everything I could to set up an environment where we were going to continue to thrive. And we were also going to continue to have a life really exciting outside of the business. I 100% believe that truly this is one of the best opportunities to be a parent, hands down. And the reason I think it is, is because we have control of our income. We're not limited by somebody else deciding what we can earn. We have a lot of flexibility in our schedule because we don't want, whether it's kids or something else, I don't think any of us really wants to run something that you have that's rising and falling 24-7 on you. We want something that you know can thrive and we want to be a part of it and we're running it and we we can influence everything, but we want to have people that are coming up in the business and I think I've only been able to do what I've done because of focusing on off self on others and focusing on them and helping them thrive and creating opportunities, develop a staff, save money, get clear on what you want, and you will attract different people to the organization. I promise. I really believe that. I think they don't necessarily need to have kids to be attracted to what you're doing, but they want to know that your life is, is not, it's not just work. Your life is full. And the last thing I'll just say on that is that I've always felt that I've had equal opportunity to advance in Vector. Now, there wasn't a path for me to go, oh, that's how this woman did it. But I never felt held back that I didn't have the ability because I was a female. I feel very fortunate that the culture I came up in, I always felt that I could compete on any level regardless. I'm really grateful for that. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Angie. I I really like that. I want to talk a little bit about one of your biggest interests outside of the business, which is triathlon. 
And as I understand it, you have completed several Ironman triathlons. Tell us about triathlon and uh, what it's like running an Ironman. How'd you get into it? Okay. How do I get into it? Well, this is a great example, I think, of we become the sum of the five people we spend them spend a lot of time with, right? This is what I think. Because in university, one of my closest, dearest friends when we graduated got into triathlon. And I remember her talking about it and watching her. And we ended up going to cheer her on at Ironman Canada. And this is, you know, 2001, probably 2002, somewhere around there. And I remember watching this race and watching all the the professionals at the race, the amateurs, the all different sizes and ages and people. I was so inspired. I remember leaving it going, someday, someday I'm going to do this. And when you kind of asked me this question, I looked back at a blog that I had started in this process. And I called a friend of mine, really good friend of mine, John Broman. He was also business life coaching me at the time. And I told him what I decided to do. And he said, Angie, I'm jealous of the person you're going to become in the results of making this big decision in your life. The minute you commit to the decision is the second your life will never be the same. Mm. And I was like, you know, that true John, John fashion. Right. And I was like, and then I thought about it and I was like, this is really the reason I'm doing this. I want to lead people. I want to lead through action. I want to show my kids that when you put your mind to something and work hard, anything's possible. I want to be a better version. I know proximity is power. I know that these people in the community I live in, these triathletes are positive, healthy, fit, inspiring business. Like I was like, I want more of that in my life. And, and I have a lot of that in Vector, but I was like, man, this is different. You know, the quote in my email is be the change you wish to see in the world. And I'm like, time to kind of step up. You know, I need to do this and I need to take the advice I've been giving everyone that I work with, which is set a goal, get a coach, learn from the best, get a plan, write that goal down in as many places as possible. Have a why, you know, get clear, follow through. And I remember that we only grow when we're challenged. And I knew this was my time to, uh, to get challenged. Yeah. Wow. Wow. When I think about what's this taught me, this being in triathlon and Ironman, what is, how's it affected my life is to be focused on what you can control right now in the moment. So often in triathlon, I found that I'd be in the swim thinking about the run being like, Oh my gosh, if I can't get through this, how am I going to do the run? Right. So I learned to just, you know, be in this moment. So I think in my life, you know, sometimes I get caught up in, Oh, where do we want to be at the end of the summer? I'm like, Focus now in this moment, right now, what action can I take? What can I control? Right. Also, it's not how you start. It's how you finish every race I've done. Almost the swim is not my, like, it's not the thing I'm the best out of the three. So it's a head game with me because I get out of the swim and you know, a lot of bikes are gone on the rack and it's like, but then I turn it into something else. Cause it gets a little fun for me to chase people down the bike. And then I realize, okay, now I'm on the bike you know, and then I get on the run and, you know, people will say to me, Oh, great bike. And I'll say solid swim, (laughs) you know, and I just learn how to navigate this. It's never how you start. It is how you finish. And also that there is a physical fitness aspect, obviously to doing an endurance level sport, but so much more is mental. I've learned to be careful what you say to yourself because you're always listening and don't listen to everything you say. And your body can do a lot more than your mind tells it can do. And I've also learned being nervous or a bit uncomfortable is a sign that you're in the right spot. It's okay. It's okay to be in that feeling. You know, this could be a good place, direction you're going to get around people that are better than you 
and are supportive. So not just better, but supportive. Sometimes that I found that's given me a guidepost and can help with where I want to be. I've learned through the sport that we can do anything we want if we have the passion to find a way. And the last couple of things is that uh, the journey is equally and I think actually more rewarding than the race itself. So you need to enjoy the journey. I aspire to continue to create a place in Vector where people can learn, they can grow, and they can dream. You know, it's not just about us, but how do we how do we make a difference in other people's lives? Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.